deepsleep.com to learn more. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores seeking through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Up to 91, huh? You're listening to continuing coverage of Operation Stay Cool on the Garage Logic Radio Network. Want an update on that uh, desecrated flag at Kansas University, the Go. University of Kansas? Yes. Uh, the university has moved the uh, paint-splattered American flag from a prominent campus flagpole to a publicly funded art museum on the campus. Chancellor Doug Gerard cited safety concerns in a statement explaining the move, but KU student and Navy veteran Ian Appling told Campus Reform that the excuse is just a smokescreen. Well, of course it is. And Gerard, you, you're, you're the chancellor. You are a party to the academy having become completely failed. Listen to this BS. Hmm. The, fl- the flag was originally displayed on a flagpole outside the Spooner Hall building and is now being moved to the Spencer Museum of Art because that's its art. <laughs> I'm telling you, if I can do it, it's not art. Right. Uh, and is now being moved to the Spencer Museum of Art on the same campus due to safety concerns, according to uh, the Chancellor Doug Gerard. While we want to foster difficult dialogue, BS, pal. There's no dialogue to be had, and it's not difficult. You're just a moron. Right. Well, we want to foster difficult dialogue. We cannot allow that that dialogue to put our people or property in harm's way. Okay. Uh, after campus reforms, coverage of the display generated nationwide outrage Wednesday. Kansas Governor Jeff Collier and Secretary of State Chris Kobach both demanded that the school remove the flag, according to the AP. While the flag was taken down from its original... See, there's some pushback there. Push back. While the flag was taken down from its original location outside Spooner Hall around 4.30 that afternoon, Gerard quickly clarified that it was merely being moved to the Spencer Museum of Art, which receives public funding from the National Endowment for the Arts, the National Endowment for the Humanities, and the Institute of Museum and Library Services. The disrespectful display of a desecrated American flag on the KU campus is absolutely unacceptable, Collier told Fox News Radio host Todd Starnes. Men and women have fought and died for that flag, and to use it in this manner is beyond disrespectful. Uh, Campus reform is currently awaiting a statement from Kobach responding to the school's decision. Navy veteran and KU student Ian Appling, who strongly objected to the original display, said it is much more appropriate to confine the... You can put, uh, you can foghorn appropriate, please. Said it is much more appropriate to to confine the flag to an art museum, but accused the university of using safety concerns to deflect attention from its poor judgment in choosing the Spooner Hall location in the first place. I I disagree with Ian Applin. I don't think it's uh, appropriate to put the flag in an art museum. It's not art. It's not art. It's not art, it's but, not art. By, but by definition, it wouldn't belong on the flagpole at the school. That would be, of the two, that would be a better location. Mm-hmm. Even though I agree with you, it's not art. Uh, just another failed university chancellor. It's just... Well, a li- a li- maybe not pushback, but maybe it's idle. Maybe they weren't pushing forward. We got a little... They stopped for a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Rather than going backwards. 
earlier we were talking about the agenda that many news gathering organizations have, mm-hmm. the template. And among uh, and what fits the template would be anyone Trump would have appointed to the Supreme Court would have been bad. That would that would that would be the template of the New York Times, Washington Post. Whoever Trump chooses would have been bad. Yes, he chooseed uh, chooseed. He chose. I sound like Ricky. Uh, yeah, baseball for me. Uh, my mama chose it. Baseball for me. I guess mom <laughs> do knows best. Yep. He chose Brett Kavanaugh, who uh, on Wednesday nights, by the way, and he didn't release this. He was pictured doing it. He feeds the homeless at Catholic charities in Washington D.C. I doubt if Stephen Colbert does that. Uh, He got groin kicked yesterday. Anyway, the Washington Post has a hard-hitting story now. Brett Kavanaugh has bought a lot of baseball tickets. And the Washington Post is offering this up as an example of a reason that Kavanaugh should not be a Supreme Court judge. He bought a lot of baseball tickets. A serious investigative report by the uh, very serious Washington Post today brought to light a shocking fact about Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. He bought baseball tickets for his friends on his personal credit cards, then later paid off the debts when his friends reimbursed him. What a jerk. Now that is controversy. I think this guy should be hung out to dry. (laughs) He bought baseball tickets. Uh, May I ask you a history of... Not till I'm done. Okay. The report kicks off by stating Kavanaugh incurred tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt buying baseball tickets over the past decade and at times reported liabilities that could have exceeded the value of his cash accounts and investment assets. So what? That's his problem to pay it off. Right. The information came from financial disclosures and information provided by the White House. So the Washington Post is going, we want the information on Kavanaugh. Give us everything you've got. And so the White House gives them everything they got, and it turns out the Washington Post actually pretends this is the story. Kavanaugh reported in 2016 they had 60 grand and 200 grand in debt from three credit cards and a loan. Each card had between 15 grand and 50 thousand dollars in debt, and a thrift savings plan loan was between 15 grand and 50 grand. Part of the debt is linked to Washington National season tickets and tickets for baseball playoff games that Kavanaugh bought for himself and friends. Other costs were related to home improvements. The White House spokesman Raj Shah told the Washington Post. Then the Washington Post reveals that season ticket packages can vary depending on their location in the stadium. Seats near the dugout can sell for as much as six grand each for an 81 game season package. Come on. Roycey and I bought season tickets for the Twins for the first five years. I remember that. And then we would reimburse ourselves by selling them to friends, the ones we didn't give to family members. Right. That's all this is. That's all this is. That's all that is. Everybody does but, it. But Kavanaugh is bad because Trump picked him. So the Washington Post is going to... This It isn't. This isn't fake news, but it's not news. It's no news. It's no news. But So what's the outrage supposed to be, that he has money? No, we'll get to that. Oh. Uh, Kavanaugh's friends reportedly reimbursed him for their share of the baseball tickets. And the judge has since stopped purchasing the season tickets. The report noted that Shaw did not provide the friends' names. No. We can't be a fan of baseball. He shows impartiality. The information falls under the article's headline. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh piled up credit card debt by purchasing Nationals tickets 
White House says. The story goes on to state that filings show the ticket purchases were made at the end of 2016 and paid off early the next year. Well, if they were paid off, then there is no credit card debt. Boom. In 2017, the credit card debts and loan were either paid off or fell below the reporting requirements. I, I continue to read this, even though this is not news. It'd be, it'd be like if I was running for mayor and the Star Tribune reported that last year I incurred credit card debt of $22,500. Or that you have a subscription to an insurance magazine. Right. right. But those debts, have, but that debt has since been paid off. Somebody explain to me what the news is there. Ain't got nothing. Uh, the article examines Kavanaugh's reportable assets of between fifteen grand to sixty-five grand that the Washington Post reports put him at the bottom in the financial rankings of justices, most of whom list well over a million bucks in assets. Still, Kavanaugh has assets of nearly a million bucks between the equity in his home and his retirement account, according to the Washington Post. Okay. How dare he? Yeah, a man of the people, really. Shaw also told the Washington Post that the Kavanaugh's have no debt beyond their home mortgage. Then what was the point of the Washington Post reporting that he incurred credit card debt buying baseball tickets over over a period of about 10 years? Okay, so he put Washington National season tickets on his credit card. Yep. And he then would get reimbursed for those tickets from various friends who wanted to go to games. Right, and, he paid, tickets? Okay. and he paid off his credit card debt. Boom. There's no story. But you see how it fits the template? Yes. It's no different than the New York Times reporting, without really reporting, that the kids in the cave in Thailand were, were trapped due to climate change. No, they weren't. No, they were not. While it's anyone's guess how the senators will react to these shocking revelations, at least one Republican senator mocked the report and gave it all the gravity it is due. Senator Tom Tillis, or Thom Tillis, wow, this is quite the expose. I look forward to sitting down with Brett Kavanaugh and asking him whether he earned any bonus points or miles. <laughs> it, isn't that, it, it's, it's, it really is shameful in many ways. I'm not going to fall into the trap of believing news is fake. It's more accurate in this case to say it's not news. Right. It's just plain boom. And it's an embarrassing, embarrassing revelation as to how loyal uh, some, not all, some news gathering organizations are to that agenda. Guns are bad. Abortion's good. Women are better than men. Uh, Diversity is important. Uh, Trump's picks for the Supreme Court are bad. Climate change is real. It's almost like you've got to pass a litmus test to work for the Washington Post or the New York Times. This is an embarrassment. It's an it's embarrassing to the craft of journalism. It's mm. embarrassing. Doesn't anyone there have the cojones to say, we can't write this. Every American, every single citizen of this country with a credit card at one time or another has credit card debt because the bill hasn't been paid yet. Why? I guess you can never run for the Supreme Court because maybe you were reimbursed for some of your twins tickets. I was. I never paid you any. No, you I? never did. No, I didn't think It's so. a short arm. Lady love. No, not Lou. <laughs> Lou is so, right. he is so cool, like man. That's what you want to hear on, on Operation Stay Cool. Yeah, right. My when you're taking out your... Steel straw, you've cleaned it properly. 
Two cubes and that bourbon starts pouring. Regarding the flag at KU, offsite correspondent Downing has a take. You know what's missing from this desecrated flag story? Hmm. Using the Academy's own terminology, a desecrated American flag, desecrated by a German of all people, can easily be seen to make many students not feel safe. Yet the same people who ban and shout down viewpoints with which they disagree now claim that they have an obligation to stimulate uncomfortable discussions. What a bunch of idiots. Yes, they are. They really are. Uh, the Blevins case in Minneapolis. Yep. We got a problem. The family now, they don't want to see the body cam video. That's a, that's a problem. You need, the family, unfortunately, would need to see that, too. Didn't they demand to see it earlier? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Community activists with justice with justice for June, along with Blevins relatives and people who say they witnessed some of the incident, gathered together in the cafeteria to share a space and solutions on how to heal. This was at uh, Wednesday night, last night at Jenny Lind Elementary School. Uh, anytime there's an officer involved shooting, the aftermath isn't just about one death, but all of them in recent memory. Melinda Blevins addressed the crowd and said it's hard to recover when it keeps happening like it did to her cousin. I'm not interested in seeing the tapes. Want to know why? Who wants to see a modern-day assassination? You already know what happened. You don't have to see it, she said. You don't know what happened. This is this is falls under the category of you can't win. No, I know, and they're grieving. I think the public should see this. Yes. And let the cards fall where they might. Melinda Blevins was referring to the two officers' body camera footage that has not been released by the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. However, others in the crowd insisted they want to see the encounter for themselves. The BCA maintains it won't release that video until all the necessary people have been interviewed. The investigation is done and all of its findings can be shared, not just some of the findings. The agency has not released a time frame for when that will happen. I wouldn't dawdle, uh, BCA. Uh, I, I think the activist community would have every reason in the world to hold you in suspicion if you dawdle. Uh, correct. I didn't know that was the reason that they were holding on so they can talk to all these witnesses that have been part of it so nobody is influenced. Levin's brother Joshua stood at the podium and remembered Thurman as the brother he could rely on and missed terribly. State records divulged that Thurman Blevins has had multiple run-ins with the law before and was a convicted felon for assault, drugs, weapons, and fleeing police crimes. He has served time in prison. None of that should uh, justify Correct. him being shot yep. if uh, the body cam uh, footage uh, shows that he was shot uh, uh, incompetently. But in the same breath, it it needs to be brought... That applies to this case. Absolutely. Still, James Lark claimed that he was there at the beginning of the incident when two Minneapolis police officers rolled up to a street corner and approached Blevins. They were responding to a 911 call of an intoxicated man firing a gun into the air and at the ground. The initial stop, the guy... The initial stop, the guy didn't have a gun on him. He was holding his hands up and his baby... And the way they jumped out was unreal, said Lark. Okay, I want to see this. We have film. Let's let's get right, to the bottom of this. Right. Just a minute. Well, I had to double check yeah. the time there. You got time. Uh, 
A preliminary, a preliminary announcement from the BCA said Blevins took off running when the officers arrived. He was shot and killed in an alley near 47th and Bryant Avenue North. Justice for June organizers announced they are planning another protest at City Hall. They will remember Thurman Blevins at his funeral this Saturday. Okay, but members of the Blevins family, as tragic as this is, you can't tell me that your mind is made up by telling me you don't want to see the footage. Right, regardless now, of what might be it might be terribly traumatic for you as family members to see the footage. But that is that's what you need to find out. That's your definite answer. And whatever stage of grief you are at and you know they lost a family member so of course they're going to grieve and say anything but they have to follow the right procedure. Well, it's and that's the cousin, really... Melinda Blevins, who said, I'm not interested in seeing the tapes. And you want to know why? Who wants to see a modern-day assassination? You already know what happened. You don't have to see it, she said. No, I don't know what happened. That's the point, Melinda. I don't know what happened. But in, even watching this video, my guess is that most of the family has already made up their mind and nothing is going to convince them well, otherwise. this came up the other day when when the quotations from... I believe it was Melinda Blevins said, we want justice. Well, that leaves us only one conclusion, that the justice you want is to hold uh, the two uh, police officers guilty of murder. That's the only justice that will satisfy you. What if that doesn't turn out to be the case? And you have a means of finding this out. The film. Yeah, our, our laws and our punishment reaction time is not just done with uh, public demand. Uh, we'll be back shortly, but now thanks to our good friends, great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business. And nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and your money now. Yeah, well, stocks are bouncing back today after yesterday's sell-off. We're seeing some nice gains. The market is wavering a bit in the last couple of hours, but the Dow Jones Industrial Average still holding on to a 187-point gain. The Nasdaq Composite is up 90, and the S&P 500 is ahead 19 points. U.S. consumer prices rose for a third straight month in June eating away at modest wage gains and sending inflation to its highest rate in more than six years. The Labor Department's Consumer Price Index, which gauges what we pay for just about everything, rose just a tenth of a percent in June for May, but that small increase bought, brought the cumulative growth for inflation for the year to 2.9%. That's the highest since February of 2012. In the first steps toward introducing a new class of so-called slaughter-free meat, the Food and Drug Administration is hosting a public meeting today to discuss lab-grown meat, which is beef made straight from a test tube. Cultured meat is achieved by collecting the stem cells of animals and then multiplying them using non-traditional food technologies. The technology for cultured meat is expected to open the door to developing other unconventional food products. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Thank you very much, Mr. Vale. I appreciate that. We're going to uh, tell you about something really fun this weekend, the Bacon and Beer Classic. Join 1500 ESPN and me, the Rook, at the Bacon and Beer Classic this Saturday at CHS Field. Sound like fun? Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Now, you can sample over 100 beers and over 30 bacon dishes, plus live music games, bacon eating contests, and more. Upgrade to VIP for early entry and a special event beer and a donut. 375. 
Eight. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's partly cloudy and 91 degrees in Minneapolis and St. Paul. This update brought to you by MetaFast. Twins in Tampa Bay Rays tonight at Target Field. Kyle Gibson will pitch for the Twins. Nate Snell goes for the Rays. Logan Morrison, well, he's on the 10-day disabled list. He has left hip impingement. His spot on the roster taken by A. Ray Adrianza, who's coming off the 10-day disabled list. Even after more than a year away from the tour, even after a health scare while having a baby a little more than 10 months ago, Serena Williams, still capable of dominance, happened again today at Wimbledon. She is uh, one victory away from her eighth championship. Wow. Relatively routine 6-2-6-4 semifinal victory over 13th-seeded Julia Georges of Germany. Put Williams into her 10th final at the All-England Club. Uh, she'll play Angelique Kerber, who beats Jelena Ostapenko 6 Three, six, that would be three. an incredible comeback story. Really. Wow. I've been at Wimbledon. It was in the winter. You know, it was cold. They weren't playing. But <laughs> didn't see any tennis. Didn't see any tennis. <laughs> Is that a bucket list thing if you're a, a sports fan to see one of those? I, 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 uh, I don't know. Tennis? I don't know. Masters or maybe a major championship in golf? Yes, I would say. Hmm. Tennis? Are we that? Well, for tennis fans, I'm sure it's on their bucket list. Mm-hmm. News notes from today. The St. Paul City Council has approved a plan to repair the damaged River Center ramp. The council approving spending $1.25 million to install netting to protect vehicles and people from any potential falling concrete. <laughs> Wait, that's their solution? They just no, there's, catch there's the... more. Okay. There's more. <laughs> the ramp was completely closed for more than a month after a portion of the ceiling fell on a car. The ramp is now partially reopened. More levels will reopen in the coming months. Ultimately, River Center officials want to demolish Rook and rebuild the ramp. Okay. Don't worry, we got a net. Yeah, a net's going to catch her all. But they were only allotted enough money in the last bonding bill to tear it down. The council approved the measure by a vote of six to nothing. That spooky old ramp. <laughs> to just say, free parking at right. your own risk. Right. <laughs> Charter Commission of the Minneapolis City Council yesterday began talking about an amendment to the police department charter that would give the city council shared control over the police department with the mayor. Some city council members have said they want the power to change police department policies. Right now, the power rests solely with the mayor. Council member Cam Gordon has proposed that policy chief uh, to that police chief, Madaria Arredondo, also report to the 13 council members instead of only to Mayor Jacob Fry. Uh, Fry opposes the proposal. Embattled FBI agent Peter Strzok facing off with House Republicans today at a fiery and raucous hearing where he forcefully defended his actions in the Hillary Clinton email and Russia investigations amid sharp attacks over the anti-Trump text messages he sent. He said, at no time in any of those texts did those personal beliefs ever enter into the realm of any action I took. Republicans, though, charged that Strzok's texts were evidence he was biased to clear Clinton and go after Donald Trump, grilling him about the messages he exchanged with then-FBI agent Lisa Page that led to his dismissal from special counsel Robert Mueller's team. Uh, this hearing is, is great theater. People are, are they really going after They're it? just yelling at each other. Senators are yelling at senators. They're, oh, it's amazing. It's an amazing. I'd, I'd hate to be in what charge. What politics is, should be? Is that what? <laughs> it's, uh, it's very funny. It's like the House of Lords. Yes, here, here. exactly. exactly. <laughs> the protests in London against the visit by President Trump must be peaceful and good-spirited, according to London Mayor Sadiq Khan. Well, you're the moron, Sadiq, who approved the baby Trump blimp. He said that today after Trump landed in the British capital. He said in a statement, my message to those coming to the protests in London is that this must be peaceful and good-spirited. To those intent on causing trouble or breaking the law, I simply say you are not 
Welcome. Is Trump going to meet the Queen? Uh, I don't know that's if that's on the schedule. I wouldn't imagine that one. either. Google it, Reavers. They're, okay. at a, they're at a big dinner right now. They all just arrived. Uh, Prime Minister May and her husband. Because if he and, meets the Queen, mm-hmm. not that he might even intentionally do so, but he is sure to violate every single protocol right. of when you meet the Queen. <laughs> yes. Probably give her a big smooch. Pick her up, spin her around. Spin her around. <laughs> right. yeah. Hey, how you doing, baby? Well, there's a USA Today story. Last st- time I saw a queen like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is a USA Today story that says, will Trump play by the rules when meeting Queen Elizabeth? Oh, he's going to meet the queen. So he must be, yeah. Hmm. Yes, uh, he will. He will be meeting. There's a story about that. Queenie, come yeah. on over here. <laughs> The National Weather Service says a tornado touchdown reported in northern Minnesota last night. Sorry, it will be like uh, the scene from Caddyshack. <laughs> when what he goes, like? the, uh, help me. Oh, why can't I think of his name right now? Uh, Rodney Dangerfield. When Rodney Dangerfield goes into well, the... Uh, takes the judge's wife. Yes, that's that's the exact scene that will oh, play out. Last time I saw a mouth like that, it had a hook in it. <laughs> According to the National Weather Service, the tornado touchdown reported by police around 9.15 last night west of Panama in Beltrami County. Beltrami County under a tornado warning at the time. Becker, no- Beltrami, Big Stone, Blue Earth, and Brown are your B counties. Mm. No damage had been reported uh, as of today. Uh, do you still remember all that? Do you practice that or do you just... I keep it, uh, I keep, I keep it up. You refresh it on occasion? Bacon and Oka. Just to make well, sure. Well, I can't refresh it. We haven't added any counties. No, but I mean in your mind, yeah, just so that sure. you got the same thing going. Keeps refresh. Yep. <laughs> Papa John says founder John Schneider has resigned as chairman of the board. The company made the announcement hours after he apologized for using a racial slur during a conference call in May. The apology comes after Forbes magazine cited an anonymous source saying the pizza chain's marketing firm broke ties with the company after that happened. Forbes said Schneider used the N-word during a media training exercise. Okay, I read this, though. Go ahead, John. When asked how he would distance himself from racist groups, Schneider reportedly complained that Colonel Sanders never faced any backlash from using the N-word. But he didn't say N-word, obviously. In a statement released by Louisville, Kentucky-based Papa John, Schneider said reports attributing use of inappropriate and hurtful language to him were true. Is so uh, so potent and so powerful that there's probably nothing to be gained by pointing out that Schnatter had a context in which he was saying this. Mm-hmm. He didn't he didn't randomly decide to use that dreadful word. He said, "Look, uh, you know, we've come a long way. I read a lot about this just to know mm-hmm. if there was if it was worth even bringing up, and I decided there's just no winning. Right? You, you just." That word is just too powerful for uh, a white person to use, and uh, but he it was used in a context. There was a contextual dynamic to the use of the word, but well, what you did can't he say, Colonel that. Sanders? Well, I think that I think basically it was you know this all stemmed from his position on the NFL kneeling thing, correct? Right? And so he's undergoing or he's talking to his people about race relations and and uh, sensitivity and all this and and. Uh, and how to distance yourself from being considered a racist. And he said, well, for God's sakes, you know, Colonel Sanders called people boom. Okay. And, and, uh, and I, the way I took it, That's John, really different then. I, I didn't know that. He, well, the problem was originally, do you remember when all this first came out and all the white racist groups immediately attached themselves to Papa John's? Right. That's what he was trying to distance That's himself right. from. That's yep. right. That's uh, right. But there, but he, he, there's no defending Schnatter. You can't use the no. word. No. I mean, shouldn't, care, shouldn't have even to, in context, you right, can't right, use the that's, word. That's that's way different then, though, from saying 
these people or those people are, are whatever. Yeah. Out- what do you mean, you people? Yeah. Right. You radio people. Right. Yeah. Outfits, shoes, and other items worn by Prince, as well as the Bible the late Minnesota musician owned and carried, are among the items that are going up for auction July 21st. Buy Prince's bike seat! You know, 30 years from now, (laughs) stuff owned by Prince will be discovered and put up for auction. Yeah. These items come from a collection of memorabilia owned by a former bodyguard. In all, a total of 27 personal items owned by the music legend will be offered in Heritage Auctions Entertainment and Music Memorabilia Auction, which will be held in Dallas on the 21st. Among Why the top- would they hold it in Dallas? It's where their offices are. Oh, I'm sorry. Buy the baseball outfit that Reavers was wearing when Pence rode by him and said, <laughs> is there a ball game today? I still have it. I could put that up for sale. Among the it doesn't top- fit anymore. You did see that, didn't you, Reeves? What? Didn't Prince go to one of your games? He was riding by with his... Because, bu- you know, our field, when I was coaching the Chanhassen team, was, I don't know, a mile and a half from oh, Paisley He was Park. out for a bike ride. He was out for a bike oh, ride yeah. with, the, with the gal at the time. Yeah. Said, you guys playing a game tonight? Yeah. <laughs> So you cool. can buy Prince's banana seat on his bike. Um, <laughs> Have you guys heard of a YouTube show called The Hot Ones? No. Featuring no. celebrities uh, eating spicy food? <laughs> no. Including Natalie Portman, for example. Well, I'm going to bring no, something but... up after after the weather. You're going to have to help me with it. Uh, I'm going to count on your youth and your knowledge of uh, cultural uh, Natalie Portman, what is ridiculousness. She <laughs> Uh, among those items, uh, if you are interested in the Prince auction, a silk suit of his, a double-breasted silk jacket. I don't jacket, think it fit me. The Bible, uh, like I said, the travel Bible he carried with him on the road, and a copy of his album Purple Rain that was actually owned by him, so his personal copy of Purple Rain. Is Dave Dahl available? Right after these short messages. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're at 91, 75 for the dew point. It feels like 102 outside. Uh, We're probably going to inch up another degree, up to at least 92, maybe a little higher than that for the afternoon temp. Showers and thunderstorms are starting to pop up in the western portion of the state. They stretch from just west of St. Cloud all the way out uh, to the west of Marshall, and they're heading east-northeastward at about 30 miles per hour. We're expecting to see showers and storms start to increase this evening. I think between 5 and 7 p.m., showers and thunderstorms could be rolling through the Twin Cities at that point. And repeat thunderstorms are the biggest threat, even though we do have a slight chance of some severe weather, I think the the largest threat is going to be some flash flooding because the soil is saturated, especially in southwestern Minnesota. They do have a flash flood watch there. Showers and storms early tomorrow, then partly sunny in the afternoon, 84 for the high on Friday. Saturday, warm and humid, most of the day dry. Thunderstorms possible, especially at night, just a slight chance for that, 85 for the high on Saturday. Sunday, scattered thunderstorms in the afternoon hours, especially 86 for the high, and then Monday, Less humid, partly cloudy skies, upper 70s, low 80s from Monday all the way through Thursday. That's something to look forward to. It should be a really nice week next week. Again, going for a high today of about 92. Right now we're at 91, Joe, and I have the records for the day. Uh, Before we do that, are you anticipating heavy rain in the metro? Yeah. The way it looks right now, from the metro southward to about Mankato and Faribault, that's the kind of the path of the heaviest rain. July 12, 106, 106, and you know the year, 1936, you got it, yep. and then 49, 49, and 1941, and 1941, thank you. Thank you, Joe. Apparently, there's a YouTube show called Hot Ones. 
hot ones. I don't. I don't know about this. Well, and I'm I'm grateful that you don't. Uh, it features celebrities such as actress Natalie Portman devouring hot chicken wings as they're interviewed. Okay. All right. I, I, sounds like sounds, a great concept. Sounds dreadful, but <laughs> a University of Tulsa professor claimed that the YouTube show Hot Ones manipulates inequitable gender hierarchies. Me, okay. Emily J. H. Contoy contributed to a multi-author piece in the recent online misogyny issue of the journal Feminist Media Studies, lamenting that Hot Ones had only 11 women as solo guests over the course of its three-year history, which she called a stark underrepresentation that piqued my academic interest. Hmm. This is what professors do? Wow, that's... And you wonder why the academies failed? Yeah. My analysis of Hot Ones informs feminist media studies as it reveals how this YouTube show creates, maintains, and manipulates inequitable gender hierarchies through the interrelated performance of gender, food consumption, and celebrity, she added. Contoy said the program reinforces gender binaries, which create power hierarchies by feminizing dainty, light, and sweet flavors in foods eaten in small portions with restraint. I have no idea what this means. I don't know what that, I have no idea. Why would you take a course from this person? Right, who's going to tell you about hot ones. So while women get pigeonholed as meek and mild, social conventions demand that men eat spicy foods and a lot of it. In other words, real men are expected to seek out and conquer hot foods and hot sauces with monikers such as da bomb and pain is good. The outlet noted citing Contoy's paper. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't eat spicy foods. I, I mean, do. I don't go out of my way to eat spicy foods. I, where, where does that leave me in the binary question? I don't like spicy foods. Uh, as, a, as a male, you're supposed to, right? I guess. I love spicy foods. So my nose is so red. Contoy also noted the show's host, Sean Evans, and his white, heterosexual, cisgendered, everyman brand of masculinity. Oh, my gosh. Feminist Media Studies, they uh, published a paper arguing that video games featuring prostitutes systematically strip these characters' work of of its value. Wait, what characters? The prostitutes? Yep. You ever there's get a, the idea? Yeah, that, there's a lot going on. You ever get the idea that seriously, there there really is something going on in the academy that is just silly. It's just ridiculous. It's hard to figure out. University of Tulsa professor. Uh, first of all, you would think a University of Tulsa professor would have something better to do than watch a ridiculous reality TV show on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, but you watch what you want to watch, I guess. But once watching, having watched it. She decides to write about what she believes is the manipulation of inequitable gender hierarchies because only 11 women were on the show in three years and, and the rest apparently were men. And well, how do you bad. get up in the morning 
and choose to be upset by a a show that no one's ever heard of, basically. I, and B, you choose to be upset because this ridiculous show does not feature enough ridiculous women. <laughs> is what it amounts well, to. But Natalie Portman, she's pretty. She's pretty big on the A list. Is Reader's Reavers recording? Yes. Emily J. H. Contoy. I've only had uh, one of four children report that they have seen this uh, show. But they're weighing in. Uh, well, they haven't weighed in yet. I didn't. I didn't text them back. But oh. well, I, I would. I would. Uh... I don't. I don't know that I would watch it if they're if they're eating. There's really no. No. Here, here's my point. It's a really. Uh, inane mindless show yeah they're searching for hey i know what we're gonna do you eat this chicken wing and while you're eating it i'm gonna ask you questions so we can we can guffaw apparently at the trouble you're having with the spicy chicken wing right right and and this so this professor comes along and she decides to analyze this how do you get up in the morning and choose to be upset by such inanity i mean she she could have done the right research by saying this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then let it go. Instead of saying, well, they, they got too many guys on here. It's I don't not e- feminine. I, I don't even understand the language anymore. My analysis of Hot Ones informs feminist media studies as it reveals how this YouTube show creates, maintains, and manipulates inequitable gender hierarchies through the interrelated performance of gender, food consumption, and celebrity. What the hell does that mean? Hmm. You think she's a professor of women's studies? Mm-hmm. This guy has seen more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a PhD, Joe Suchere. Boy, that coyote at Stanford and Pryor yesterday is still the talk of that part of town. Yeah. Big, mangy coyote walking by the uh, Nativity grade school parking lot. I dropped my kid off from that area, and I said, have a look, because that thing might be hiding in a bush somewhere. Be careful. Uh, I was just looking at the uh, British tabloid photographs of the gala dinner at Blenheim Palace. Theresa May uh, hosting the president and the first lady. Mm-hmm. She's just one hell of a fetching first lady. Uh, and she's yes. got, you know what she's got? Some clothes. Yeah, she's got some clothes. She seems to have class. I don't know how they pair well together. They don't, I don't think. I, I think that it's an arrangement, and uh, she's uh, keeping her chin up, and uh, who knows what the future holds uh, for them, But which is neither here nor there. She's I'm, probably like Terry Ventura, who turned to the governor when he was governor-elect that night and said, what in the hell did you just get me into? Mm-hmm. Well, but since, wouldn't you uh, agree that there hasn't been a first lady with this much much panache since Jacqueline Kennedy? I, I would agree, yes. I mean, you kind of look and you say, holy mackerel. Yeah. Whoa. You know. I mean, Michelle Obama wasn't hard on the eyes. Very but attractive woman. She, she'd, uh, it, it's a different f- flair. Plus, Michelle Obama would get in his. Are you smoking outside behind the? Uh, right, she she was she was a vocal presence. Yes, uh, Melania Trump is it Melania Melania, Melania whatever. Uh, 
Part of her her allure is her uh, essential silence. Yes, she's very content to be. I bet uh, he gets an earful though behind the. Uh, I don't know. Once that door closes, I don't know. Hard and listen, to you dummy. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul. Minneapolis. It's 91, and uh, Dave Dahl is predicting the uh, rains will start falling during the rush hour. Sports is next.